Hobbs. And I'm your co-host, Albie Buckland. Here at the 37 Round Podcast, we like to talk about the latest news, updates on some of our favourite topics. In today's episode, we've got quite a varied episode for you guys. We're talking all things from AJ versus Fury, all the way down to Warzone and the new Nick Merckx deal. So, Bertie Bass, what an exciting episode we've got today. Where do you want to start? We've got quite a lot to cover. Um, Let's start with the boxing, shall we? Um, Let's start with the boxing. Let's start with AJ versus Fury. Really excited about this one. Obviously, two of the greatest um, British heavyweights. So it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Um, obviously, Tyson Fury's not looking too in, in good shape at the minute. Uh, so I'm hoping that he's going to slim down a bit because he's going to need that gas tank against Anthony Joshua. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the fight we've all wanted for such a long time. You know, all the belts coming together. You know, there was that AJ dodging him dodging Wilder, you know, Wilder looked to be the dominant force in the heavyweight division while obviously Fury was was out of action and he's come back and he's shown him what a real boxer's all about. He's got the footwork, he's got the speed, he's shown he's got the power because he knocked out, you know, he's knocked out Wilder, which he made that fight look easy, I think. Yeah, completely. He completely changed his camp, his tactics. And for once, it was nice to see him on the front foot being aggressive. Yes. Against one of the, they call him a freak of nature. Against yeah. his, his box, his his one punch power is, is apparently the best in the business. So, and that's coming from Tyson Fury himself. And he, he stood in his pocket, took every shot, and uh, yeah, brilliant, brilliant way to win his fight, especially with the way he gets stick for his sort of relaxed style of boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone sort of underestimates his punching power, but. 60, I think there's like 60 or 70 percent of his fights, uh, won by TKO, so yeah. he's, he needs to be respected. I hope Anthony Joshua prepares for the fight and prepares for a, for a proper scrap. It's going to be oh, a definitely. Scrap. And, and that's the other thing if you're Anthony Joshua, you're potentially a little bit worried because you've seen the heart and the chin that Tyson's got. Because that, that, that first fight with Wilder, that knockout or knockdown, shall I say, in the 12th round, that would have put. 90%, 99% of men on the planet to sleep yeah. for a very long time. And he gets up and he comes back and then he nearly knocks him down. And I and I feel like if you're AJ, you're looking at thinking, well, I can't beat him on speed. I can't beat him on footwork around the ring. I can't outpunch him because Tyson's got those fast reflexes and he can take a punch. Where does AJ kind of come into this fight and how does he take on someone like Tyson Fury? I think he needs to be clever. He needs to fight smart. He needs to go back to the Ruiz fight. He's obviously tasted defeat. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Joshua, he has got a cast iron chin. He's, they all are. Both of these guys are freaks and ages in terms of taking shots. They're yeah. both stood in the pockets of really hard, heavy hitters. He got rocked by Ruiz early on in the fight. And I think he was concussed. So that's why I think he got mm. down easier uh, later on in the fight. But, um, yeah, I think he needs to come out, fight smart, and wait for um, Fury to make a mistake. Because I'm hoping Tyson looks at this fight the same as he did with the Wilder fight. Mm. Comes out, locks and loads, comes out swinging. Let's put on a spectacular show for the British crowd. But apparently, it's not going to be in England. Well, I know, yeah. It's crazy. I think that's... Nonsense. I know, but I think it's because of the current times. But... But going back to AJ's chin, see, I'm, I'm a big fan of AJ and have been for a while. And I think he's a great role model for the sport. He's, he's done a fantastic job in marketing himself. However, 
if you actually look, and, and I agree with you, they are freaks of nature. They are big guys. They, they can bang, they can box, they can take a hit. But his sort of career path has been very carefully guided by Eddie Hearn. And the Ruiz was an upset that shouldn't have happened. If you watch his eighth fight when he fought Dillian White, he got wobbled in the second round. And he's shown that he hasn't got the toughest of chins. I don't believe that. Like I said, they're huge shots that will sleep 99% of blokes. But I don't think he's got a solid chin. Klitschko dropped him. He's been wobbled. Ruiz knocked him down four times, four or five times or whatever, whatever it was. And that is a weakness that sticks out to me that obviously if you're in the boxing world and Tyson obviously is in the boxing world, he'll know, right, AJ's not got a good chin. I think Tyson Fury got baptised by Wilder and he yeah. got up. And it was, I, I'm really surprised the ref even gave him the count. His arms are out yeah. to the side. I know. He's looking up completely going over. <laughs> and it's one, of the best, it's one of the best replays ever. And then it he is. all of a sudden like shakes off the Tweety Birds and he's up and he's like, it's, come on then. And then he sticks, he sticks him. He sticks him, and absolutely sticks him. And I, I, I love the memes that we that, that were going around of with the Undertaker yeah. music. The yeah. they're back in the day, and he goes, dun, dun, and up he gets. He's ready to go. I believe the second fight with AJ and Ruiz. I believe Ruiz thought it was going to be a bit like it was the first time, but AJ came back mentally, and I think, like you said, AJ's tasted defeat and he's come back from it. Yeah. But is, is it, the other thing is, is the is the inactivity for Tyson because Tyson now hasn't boxed since the Wilder fight. He he he'll fight anywhere, you know. Him he'll, he'll be yeah. able to jump back in. He he doesn't suffer with ring rust. He no. he is one of the only guys that can go straight back in and give him give him thirty seconds. He gets that range. He he knows his own body so well. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't look like a boxer, and that really. He hasn't got that intimidating factor like mm-hmm. Andy Joshua, like Deontay Wilder. He's just known to be a solid boxer, and he's really, really, really elusive. So it, it, I'm, I'm, I just hope that he goes into this fight the same as he did with the Wilder fight, goes marches forward and, and hunts Joshua down because I don't think Joshua will have an answer for it. To be honest, I love, no, I, I love them both to bits, but yeah. My prediction now would be Tyson Fury wins on points, and that that would be. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, I love them both as well. I think they're both great, you know, great boxers, and they, they've what they've achieved is phenomenal between them. But I do think Tyson Fury is head and shoulders above the top ten, you know, at the moment in in terms of the heavyweight division because I, I, you look at the Klitschko fight from both fighters. So that's the only guy that they've both kind of fought, and Klitschko fought them sort of. Back to back. I know there was a two-year gap between the both. Tyson fought him away, Klitschko's home ground, um, uh, while he was relatively in his prime, still hadn't lost. AJ fights him two years later after a loss to Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury made that fight against Klitschko look a lot easier than AJ did. AJ gets put down. Although AJ got the knockout, Tyson knows how to fight different styles of boxers. AJ's very stiff, I feel, because I think he joined it quite late. Phenomenal boxer still, but I think he's very stiff. He's very readable, whereas Tyson Fury's, he's all over the place. His hands are up here. He's like, (laughs) he's going, he's waving them in front of you. 
it's the double jab. He's really, yeah. a lot of people struggle with that because what he'll do, he'll really put that lead hand out and he'll sort of blind them with that first shot and it's like, wham! And then that, that second jab comes in yeah. and he commits to a jab. If you see him, and he's constantly, the guy must be knackered at the end of the fight. He's constantly yeah. slipping his head up. He, Moving. He, he looks like he's on fast forward. Yeah, it's, I know, yeah. It's, 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 it's a, that fainting, I think, will... will yeah. will have a heavy effect on Joshua because I think Joshua's going to be mm. reacting to that quite a lot because yeah. he's going to fought anybody that, that gives off that sort of amount of workload in a fight. He's just constantly moving and if he, if he feels like you're getting stiff on your feet, he will punish you mm. and he will, and he's not scared to back you up against the ropes either and then put in some dirty boxes. I think oh, that's yeah. where Fury, Fury does really well, that sort of range. And then when he gets inside, he's really good with the dirty boxing. But Joshua has got that mean uppercut where yeah. he's not. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Klitschko got caught with that uppercut. Yeah, so, yeah. Really interesting. I, I always like to think this Tyson Fury is a, is a heavyweight Floyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's him. He does what? the shoulder roll. He's got the shoulders tapped out. Yeah, so it, it, it's like his old man's, isn't it? You've got to be Floyd, you've got to be Lennox Lewis, you've got to be Mike Tyson, you've got to be all these people to beat Tyson Fury, which yeah. I think is brilliant. But it's the other the other thing that um Tyson has got is is the mentality that is from his upbringing and, and how he is. He's a born and bred fighter and he knows how to get into people's head and he doesn't there's nothing that AJ could say that will rattle him or derail him. There's nobody that can that can derail Tyson, whereas Tyson can easily derail his opponents. And Klitschko came into that fight confused. And I think he won it mentally first and then in the ring. But Tyson's got um he's been in a lot more wars in, in, in his career. He's been cut heavily. He's come through adversity. I can't remember who you have to excuse me, who he was fighting. He had a massive, massive cut above his eye. Um, Doctor nearly stopped the fight and he came out and won the fight. So yeah, yeah. Um, he's been through that. He's been through the adversity. And, and like I said, his punching power isn't respected, which is nonsense mm. because, he, like I say, I think it's something like 70% of, yeah, uh, yeah. of his wins are by TKO. And he just knackers his opponent out. Later in the round, he keeps his power throughout the fight. Where we see Joshua sometimes drops off, his shots aren't hitting as hard. He doesn't then throw as many shots later in the fight. So that's when the points start to drop. And then what you will see is a real explosive shot two or three times throughout the later rounds. And that's why some of his wins have come, knockouts have come in the later rounds because he sort of yeah. saves it in the gas tank. Yeah, he yeah. saves it in the gas tank for Tyson. He's just going to miss. Yeah. And, and Tyson's going to get him on points. It needs to be a nice early knockout for Joshua. Um, or it's going to be a point finish by Tyson. I, I see it going very similarly to the first Wilder fight um, that Tyson had. Very similar to that. That's how, that's how I see it. But we know from last week, my prediction was completely wrong, uh, which I don't know if you want to talk about um, Jake Paul and Ben Askren. It leads nicely onto that, doesn't it? I, I, think, I think we should, yeah. It's um, how wrong we both were with, with, with that fight. That, that is, like, shocking. Yeah, I, I I bought the fight. I didn't wait for the highlights the next day. Stayed up to watch it, and I was like, right, Ben, come on, Ben. Let's let's see what you've got. Um, was really really surprised. Jake Paul, he's found, he just was he's got a great foundation. He's been trained mm. by the right guys of a real high standard, and they've sculpted him from the start. So there was none of this stupid wild overhand rights. It was one two straight down the pipe. 
and that 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 combination that that hit um Askren was beautiful when that that second mm. shot was so he was so committed he twisted his hips into the shot he he has got knockout power and i think he's got a bright future in boxing no matter what anyone says about the guy i don't like the way he acts I don't like the way he goes about cussing people out um mm. he's really arrogant but he can box he he can yeah. box yeah. And, and I want to see him fight. Carry on fighting the MMA guys because their striking isn't as good. It's boxing at the end of the day. Um, boxing's a sport um, mm. to me. It's not a mixed martial art. It's, mm. it's, it's a martial art. It's a sport. And boxers are very good at boxing. Very yeah. good at boxing. But the fighters sometimes aren't very good at boxing. And, and, and this is what I'm looking forward to. Maybe in somebody that's respected in the UFC for their striking. Somebody mm. like... Um, Conor McGregor, I think that fight will never happen. But Conor yeah. McGregor, Nate Diaz would be a great matchup for him. Nate Diaz and him would go at it, and that would be yeah. a brilliant fight. And I think then that would actually show people that Jake Paul can box rather than these sort of you only see him for a couple of minutes each time that he fights because he's mm. realistically fighting people that he's much better than. Um, not that we. I think we were trolled a little bit by Ben Askren. Um, he's gone in there for the money. He showed videos yeah. of him training. He pulled in all the right trainers, but he didn't show up looking great. Um, I think he was there for a payday, which is fine. He was, yeah. Like, like you said, he, he had hip surgery. Um, I don't think he's fought since he's had hip surgery. Um, he's retired. So um, he come out of retirement to go into boxing, which he's not comfortable mm. with. What would be good is to see him uh, wrestle Logan Paul because Logan Paul's yeah. got a horrible wrestler. That would be funny. Uh, it would. <laughs> but do, do you know what I think? Sad though, if if he did do it for a payday, it, it's that's on your record forever, and yeah. he's always going to be known as the MMA guy that got knocked out by Jake Paul in the in the Zero first round or second Zero round. round. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. was it. First round or second round? First round. Uh, first round yeah. knockout. That's was, what I mean. Like, and I just hope. I just hope he didn't take the payday because I, I, I don't know if Jake Paul has got knockout power. He's knocked out a YouTuber, a basketball player, and a 37-year-old or 39-year-old hip surgery MMA fighter who can take a beating. Don't get me wrong, but if he was there for a payday, he's not going to have turned up in the best shape, the, the best, you know. I, I think I, I, the cruiserweight I, I, division is a very tough division you're heavy guys you're big guys against so, boxers against, against boxers you're right you're right yeah. against boxers you're right that's why i want to see him fight some more mma guys yeah. guys that guys that walk around think think they're the man but they're really in a street fight they would absolutely maul you don't get me wrong it's oh yeah scary. yeah 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 but when they're restricted to two hands they sort of they don't respect boxers they don't respect the mm. gloves and when you get hit by a glove it jars your brain Mm. When you get hit by when you get hit by those four ounces, they need to hit you on the chin or somewhere lot or in the temple, somewhere mm. soft, a precise shot to really knock you out. But with gloves, you can hit like hit him. I think that was like the top of the head, mm. um, top side, hit him there, and he just knocked him, knocked him clean out. Uh, he, was, he was definitely knocked out. There, I don't think yeah. he threw. I don't think he threw the, the the fight in the sense of getting knocked no, out. No, 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 no. I understand. No. He, he definitely took a payday. Probably turned up a bit, you know, looked a bit out of shape. Yeah, I'll go in there. He probably thought, I'll do the eight rounds, get the payday. It'll, it'll win on points. But at least I can say, well, I'm not a boxer. 
but to get knocked out in the first round and like Sparko, like spin round almost knockout, that's the embarrassing and then, thing. And then he, he, he stumbled forward and the ref was like, no, mate. <laughs> when do you <laughs> think, it. when do you think um, sort of Jake Paul goes from like these celebrity fights to being real professional boxing fights? Because even if he does fight Nate Diaz, that's still a celebrity fight, MMA versus boxing. When do you think he, do you think he does make the transition to be a professional boxer, challenge for a world title, and then go down in his career as a professional boxer? Or He needs to fight Tommy Fury. And yes. That would, so, yeah. But he's not ready for Tommy. Tommy Fury, I know my prediction was wrong last week, Tommy Fury at the minute would take his head clean off. And Tommy Fury has fought professional boxers. Yeah, well, well he he's started as a professional. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he, he's came straight into it. Obviously, he got his fame through a reality TV show, which is mm -hmm. fine. Um, and then he, he's a really soft sort of guy, really nice. Mm -hmm. Then he comes across really well. And then when you see him in the ring, absolute animal. And he's built as well. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. He really looks after his physique. He's got like a body of a Greek god. He's, mm. I think his boxing as well is very good. Um, he's got real knockout power. Yeah, And that fight would not be sensible for Jake Paul at the minute. No. Jake Paul needs to fight. I, I would say Jake Paul's in his sort of amateur stage of his career. Yeah. And, and these amateur boxing fights that he's having, they're exhibitions. They're great for him to, to, to sort of get his to get his feet wet. Um, but then when he gets in there with a real boxer, you better be ready for a war. Because Tommy Fury, uh, they keep calling each other out. That would it wouldn't be as big a payday, wouldn't have as many pay-per-views just because Tommy's not well known. Um but I, I would love to see that fight. And I'd love to see Jake Paul stand in there toe-to-toe -to -toe and have a good fight with him. I don't want Jake Paul to get knocked out. I think he's a great boxer. And I, I really do think yeah. he's got a real good foundation to build from. He's in shape, he's athletic, and he's really put some time in uh, mm. to the training camp. So, Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. He, he has shown that hard work pays off. He's gone from not doing any combat career as a youngster to then thrown himself 100% into this training every day. There's no question that he's not working hard, if that makes sense. He's shown that he is giving it 110%. And, you know, the results are what, what we're seeing now. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think you said it perfectly in last week's one, where you said, um, and you kind of touched it now, he's kind of at an amateur stage, but the MMA fighters he's fighting are kind of at that prospect level. Do you know what I mean? He's kind of, he's above an amateur, but he's fighting those MMA guys that would be like a low level boxer, you know, like a journeyman type thing. And I think, I think, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to see where his career is going to go and, and who he's fighting next. I would love to see the Tommy Fury fight, but again, I don't think like you said, he, he's not ready for that one, but you know, who knows? Let's touch back on knockout power. I wanted to mention this earlier. It's like, I've hit people hard in, in training, in, in sparring, and I thought, that, that landed flush, and I haven't managed to even wobble anybody. Mm. So, so I think knockout power it is difficult to have, and I, I think only a few guys really have true potential knockout power, uh, especially in the lower weight uh, divisions. And I think, mm. to be honest, Jake Paul has got that knockout power. Yeah. No. I just wanted to touch back on that. But in, in terms of this Floyd, Logan... It, that's a payday. Uh, yeah. I'm going I'm to be suckered in. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to watch it and I'm going <laughs> to love it. And I'm going to love watching Logan Paul.
I think Logan's actually quite a nice guy um, watching some of his videos. But he's yeah, gonna, yeah. He's gonna get, he's it's gonna bizarre. Get really Again. badly. He's, he's going to get beaten up again. His record's going to be th- like three losses now. Do you know what I mean? I don't know why what this guy's doing. Interesting fight would be, I think, um, KSI versus Jake Paul because it's that sort of he beat the brother. You know, I reckon Jake Paul win that fight because KSI can't box. Jake Paul can box. I think that would be an interesting fight. Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that happens further on down the line, but who knows? Um, the next one we've got on the list is... My man Maz, Maz Vidal versus Usman. I I don't know anything about Usman. I only know Maz, as we know from last week. I went online, saw Twitter the next morning, saw the saw the crazy meme of the of the knockout of him getting absolutely spun. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? That was a really vicious knockout. And yeah. um he 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 the problem is with Masvidal, he didn't respect Usman's power. And even in the, in the first fight, he, he went five rounds with Usman and he, he didn't feel his power. Yeah. That was a big mistake. He went in there, hands down, and he got caught with a real, real flush, hard punch. His head spun completely into his shoulder. Yeah. And he, he, was, he was knocked out cold. And I was actually quite surprised to see Masvidal knocked out because he's, he's well known for being quite conditioned. Well, that's what I mean. He's the only um, MMA fighter that I know now, and I actually watched the fight. First round was good. It was scrappy, what you expected. Um, you know, um, the commentators were saying that uh, Usman is a wrestler and he likes to go to the ground. He tried to take him down. Maz sprawled it a bit. Then it went to the cage. Then he got him down. But Maz was doing the right things to get up. He got out of the clinch on, on the cage and created space. And all the commentators were saying... That's amazing to see from him because he's a brawler. He's not a wrestler. Usman is the superior wrestler. And they were like, wow, Usman's broke out. This looks a good fight. At the end of the round, they squared up against each other. Usman's doing his chat. He's like, yeah. because uh, Not Usman, sorry. Masvidal squares up and he's like, yeah, doing his chat. And it was a typical, I thought, it was gonna if it carried on like that, it would have been fight of the night because they were both banging and they were both... Um, uh, Usman didn't, wasn't trying to really go for the takedown. And... and uh, Maz was working the kicks, kicking the leg. I think everybody's going for this injure the leg since that Dustin Pryor versus Poirier. Poirier versus McGregor. Everybody seems to be going for this calf kick, leg kick. Yeah, you say that though. McGregor is the master of that because McGregor right. lost Diaz and then he 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 boxed Diaz. Yeah, and Diaz is a very very good boxer, but with with McGregor, he He's got this sort of karate stance, and yeah. his, kick, his kicks are what throws people off. And he didn't really kick in that fight. Um, he threw a, f- a few three sixty like wheel kicks, showing off a bit to the crowd. Uh, but that first fight, he lost bad. The second fight, he came in real focused, real determined, and he chopped um, Diaz's leg so bad that he ended up hurting his own leg, where he kicked it that much in his foot. And wow. there's a really, there's a really good. Um, uh, sort of um, slow-mo or a shot of him backstage. He's on crutches and he's going, yes. doubt me now, doubt me now, doubt me now. And he broke his own foot kicking Diaz's leg. And that won in the fight because that then took the sting out of Diaz's punches. So yes. ever since then, you're right. And then Poirier used that against McGregor. Against yeah. McGregor. Um, but what you'll find is in the rematches, 
I think it's more you've got more chance of losing your rematch if you've won it in the first place. That that's yeah. how that's how down that's how south these uh, rematches go because if if you lose you learn. Yeah. And if you win you don't really learn much. Um, you learn how to win in that occasion, but when you lose you're like, oh, I, don't, I won't let that happen again," and then you, and then you don't. Well, that's and the it, thing. It, yeah. They go in. They you win. You then go into the second fight, going well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the similar game plan as what I did to the first one because I know that worked. Whereas, exactly. like I said, when you lose, you learn. So they have gone right. I'm not gonna do this. I've saw where I've overcommitted in these areas. Let me ease off a bit. Let me, you know, work a different leg, work a different angle, whatever it may be. And you're right. You have to lose to learn. And if you win, you don't learn anything. They call it inboxing a look, don't they? You have different looks that you can give. And obviously there's there's a lot with, with boxing it you've obviously got um orthodox southpaw there you sort of two looks you can give but in mixed martial arts there's so much more you can give you can give yeah. a, a sort of a brawler stance really tuck your chin in hands in or you can be your complete opposite and sort of do the bruce lee vibes yeah. arms completely out really really rangy really long and that's when mcgregor shines yeah, that's what I was really going to say. He's got that hop as well, then he? he sort of hops like between front foot, back foot, that sort of weird move. And it's like the only hop he does now is he hops between bloody weight classes and then goes yeah. up too much and loses. He should have stayed at 145. He beat Alvera off when he beat um, Alvarez at 155. I loved that. That was a brilliant, brilliant fight. Went in there, knew exactly what he's going to do. And he, he fights best against these wrestlers. Mm. He really does do well against wrestlers because he's like Masvidal. Uh, you touched on it with Usman. <clears throat> he can sprawl. And mm. Usman will find this as well. He would be a bit wary of taking Masvidal down because he gets caught on the way in. The same mm. as um, everyone that McGregor's fought. When they're doing a takedown, he makes sure he's getting some real nasty sort of knees or an elbow. Um, so they sort of think about actually, is it worth me doing it? Is it worth me trying to take him down? I really don't want to catch a knee again. Um, mm. So, so yeah. Um, but that Masvidal was a fight. Great fight. Um, yeah. I feel really bad for Masvidal. I'd like to see him win uh, and then come back and do a trilogy because that, that is a brilliant fight. And that's, a, yeah. that's your striker versus uh, your wrestler and a really high-level wrestler against a really high-level striker. But Usman had obviously been in the gym on the pads and he cleaned him, cleaned him out, flush knockout, one of the probably the knockouts of the year so far. Yeah. And as he said, he carried on punching him in the face because the punches were super necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> karma. That's karma. And you know I what it is? Like to, I, I, I don't I, like to see that, but it's karma. He, I, he I believe that, that as well because he done it to Ben and then he was very cocky and arrogant about it. And now he's had one of the flash knockouts of, of, of 2021. Do you know what I mean? That spun him. You can even, you know, when you see, even if a picture, sometimes you can see someone get knocked out and you think, oh, wow, that, that's going to, the picture looks like it hurts because his face he's is spray. sideways. His arm is the, the swinging. You see the spray as well. Yeah. The spray of sweat that come off it. It was, it was a really horrible knockout, but it's, again, really spectacular to watch because it's when you you can see his lights go out and yeah. his eyes just roll and it, it's a it's a horrid knockout but that's why we watch it right that's what we're watching it for we want to see that we want to see the violence but we also want to see good sportsmanship and i don't think those punches were necessary but karma he done it to ben askren um, yeah 
Yeah. And Askren was out cold as well, like really Gone. bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, let's think, he was yeah. very humble in defeat at the end. You know, <laughs> he, he was. It, it did seem to humble him at the end, and I think that that to be. You have to be. What else, what's your other move? Otherwise, you look like a complete idiot. Yeah. Um, live on TV at a massive pay per view event. McGregor does the same. McGregor's humbling defeat. Um, a lot of them. I, I, oh, there's not been many fighters that lose a fight and they sort of up in arms unless it's a, an upset decision. Um, mm. Yes. We, yeah. We saw Eddie Alvarez. I'm not sure if you watched the one championship. Um, Eddie no. Alvarez was in a fight um, last two weeks ago. I think it was two or three weeks ago. And he's got the guy up against the cage and he's hitting him, hitting him, hitting him. They're on the floor, but the guy's turned his head to the cage and exposed the back of his head. So Eddie, Eddie's carrying on punching him and he's punching him in the back of the head, but the guy's putting his head down on purpose. So it's like, what, what do you do in that situation? Mm. Eddie's, is Eddie supposed to like evaluate the situation? No. The referee comes over and gives him a red card and disqualifies him. So he, wow. lost, he, he lost. And it's a really sort of it was a, it was a shocking. Lot. And I don't agree with the stoppage. I think the guy is a bit of a tool to be. He he could see him. I'll show you. Um, I'll show you the replay after this. But he he's pushed his head all the way to the side, and he's got his hand here protecting here, but he's not protecting the back of his head with this arm or anything. He's just getting punched in the back of the head mm. and complaining to the ref about it. Uh, ends up being stretched off, which you don't want to see. Um, but and then Alvarez now has got that de disqualification yeah, record, yeah. which isn't great, and I don't think it was his fault. Um, obviously, they're paid in there to inflict as much damage on the other person as possible within the rules, but sometimes the rules are a bit. Um, so in one championship, you can knee a downed opponent in the head, mm. um, which is wrong. I I think that's wrong. But then if somebody gets tagged a few times on the back of the head, it's a disqualification. So. It's definitely got to be a yeah. happy medium somewhere with the rules. I think the UFC have got it pretty much bang on. Um, mm. But one championship, I think we'll see, you're going to see a lot more of one championship. They're coming through the ranks. Um, they're getting a lot uh, more popularity. You've got Thai boxers such as Johnny Wayne Park coming through and fighting for them. Um, so, yeah, uh, Lee, um, Liam Harrison as well. He's a really good Thai boxer in the UK. Um, but one championship do other events they do Muay Thai Grand Prix mm -hmm. where it's Thai boxing but with MMA gloves it's one of the best fights you'll ever see <laughs> absolutely brilliant next week we should definitely do a slot on uh, on the on the four ounce gloves Thai boxing it's, oh, it's I'll make I'll make a note of that now four ounce Thai boxing yeah you love it it's brilliant and sometimes they do it in the octagon as well so wow. it's like really enclosed nowhere to run yeah Liam, Liam Harrison look him up great, Liam, great guy yeah, great guy, and he he's um, he's known for his sort of leg kicks. He will he, he destroys people's legs with his leg kicks. Yeah. Well, there we go. We've got next week's episode sorted then. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> right on to our final segment, and that is Nicky Merckx and Warzone. So we've been desperate to talk about some Warzone on here. I know. <laughs> And now's the time. Big Nicky Merckx signs the deal to become a FaZe owner. I'm just looking at it now. Uh, Nick Merckx is renewing his contract with FaZe Clan for a three-year extension. Also, part of the deal is he becomes a part owner. Yeah. Which is very interesting because I don't know how it works with these gaming organisations because I, I don't know if it's because he's the most subscribed Twitch and he's he's bringing in the numbers and it's shining a great light on FaZe Clan. You would have thought they would have a lot of them would be, you know, sort of partners. Swag that's been there for a very long time with 
with um, Faze. I don't know how long Nick Merckx has been with, with Riz. He's obviously just renewed the three-year deal, so he's not been there that long. Yeah, he was um, prior to that. Um, he was lined up to do uh, some bits with 100 Thieves, mm-hmm. uh, which is Faze clan sort of rivals. Um, he got stitched up by one of his friends, Nate Shot, um, sort of. They had it on a verbal agreement that Nick would build up his um, uh, his view base, so he'd get his Twitch channel going, his YouTube channel going, build the brand, build the brand as what we know it as um, the M Fam, um, which I'm well into. I oh yeah, we both great. are. <laughs> I think his videos are great. He's a real good personality. Brings a lot. He, he sort of makes gaming exciting uh, yeah. and funny fun to watch where a lot of the time, uh, especially through my early days of playing with the Call of Duty franchise, it took it very seriously and it, it wasn't always fun to play, very serious. Um, I used to uh, play MLG, used to play in tournaments. Um, and it's very stressful, but so but it's really nice to see a guy with a big personality mm. come through, like Nick Merckx, um, and and really put his, put his name to it. And I think that's why he's probably the, the most well-known player on uh, Warzone at the minute. And that's yeah. probably what they're giving it. And he's a great businessman as well. So That's what I mean. It's, it's a very strange thing that I think the nade shot snaking him deal is terrible. I don't know. You know, that's just stabbing your friend in the back right there. But I don't know why you would do that because he's a, like one, he's one of the best players at the game on, on, on Warzone. And at the time it was mainly Fortnite, wasn't it? That he was, he was big into. He's done a lot of tournaments, won a lot of tournaments. Um, he's now the biggest biggest streamer on Twitch, most subscribed streamer on Twitch. He's got a huge following across all of his platforms. His YouTube channels, all of them have cleared a million already. You know, And that's someone that any organisation would want as part of your team and promoting. And if you've got him as a co-owner, it's only going to send your franchise and your... Um, visibility out into the world through the roof. So I think for FaZe Clan, it's a phenomenal deal for them. Or, or, or we, we don't know the actual um, ins and outs of the deal yet because it's sort of only just sort of been released. But I think it's a great, great deal for FaZe Clan. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And I think he's worth the money um, and definitely worth the sort of... He's definitely worth giving a chunk of the pie to it because he brings a lot to the table. He's not... He's a very, very good businessman. Um, he knows how to do business. Um, he's doing things that are different. I mean, I logged on the other night. He's got like 30,000 people watching him in the gym. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know. And I was captivated. Um, I now try and follow some of his workouts. He posts workouts every single night. He looks after himself. Um, he also does, I think, what he needs to do and I, is do a podcast. He'd be great on a podcast. Hey, him, and Tim, him and Timmy on a podcast you can imagine and having guests on like swag um i think that would do a sort of a joe rogan numbers yeah even joe rogan on that tv show on that podcast sorry they're talking about nick Merckx, talking yeah. about the game yeah and i know yeah and joe couldn't believe he goes i thought gamers were like all young lads spotty teenagers and then exactly. they see nick Merckx, like swole <laughs> that's the thing he's a he's sort of like a a lad's lad and a gamer do you know what i mean he, he's got it both but I'm just looking now that they've actually got quite a few owners at the um, at the uh, Phase Clan. Nick Merckx isn't actually officially on there at the Not time yet. of us recording this, but um, a lot of a lot of the talents 
are co-owners. So, you know, they're, 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 doing, a, they're doing a great thing. They're, they're only going to get bigger and better the more, the more they go. Nick Merckx, with the new Warzone update that, that just went out and stuff, he was clearing 400,000 live viewers on Twitch, yeah. which is insane. Yeah, yeah and I, I, um, I've known about FaZe as probably they were the only sort of clan, what we used to call them, the only sort of clan that I knew about all the way from being a teenager in school playing. Wow. They were the only ones, and they, they were the guys to beat. Um, and they're known, the, the thing is, they're known for their sniping. FaZe clan, mm. they're known for sniping. That's what it is. And you've got to have a real special talent to join the to join that FaZe membership. But with Nick, he doesn't just snipe. He's a really, really good He's not just a good Warzone player. He's a great mm. content creator. And I think he's a, he's a great ambassador for sort of for, for gaming um, in general because it gets a lot of bad stick. A lot of people are called lazy and stuff if they like. I, do, I like playing video games because it's fun. And it's our generation. It's something that we've all done for as long as we can remember. My first, what was your first console, James? X, oh, first console way back in the day or first console with, with, with multiplayer online. I'm talking NES. I'm talking Nintendo. <laughs> on, what's, your, what's your first Sega one? Mega Drive with Mortal Sega Kombat. How old are you? 28. Sega Mega oh. Drive with Mortal Kombat. Was that your mum's bloody one? <laughs> That's old. It probably was. It probably was, to be fair. Mine was a Nintendo 64 uh, yes. and Gold, GoldenEye. Pokemon Edition. GoldenEye? I had the Pokemon Edition. Pokemon Edition Nintendo 64, yeah, that, that was those were the days, and obviously Mario Kart, Mario 64, mm-hmm. um, brilliant, brilliant games. But that takes you back, that takes you back, James. And obviously, when we were in college together, we used to play Call of Duty. Um, so it's one of those things, it's now part of most of, of, of our lives, uh, growing up. I think the big the, the console I spent most time on was the 360, yeah, on Call of Duty 4. I think I had something like 30 days logged, didn't have a girlfriend. Um, <laughs> my mum used to come in at one o'clock in the morning and tell me to, to <laughs> shut up because I'm screaming at somebody on an American server, absolutely abusing them. Wasn't, it was looking back on it, it was funny. At the time yeah. I was stressed. I was so stressed at the time, but it's nice to, to now mature and uh, sort of relax whilst playing the game. Well, that's the thing. Well, straight after this podcast, we're jumping in with the other boys. We are. Ready for some Warzone. <laughs> so we're we're looking to wrap this one up pretty sharpish. But, um, yeah. Should we talk about the new map? New map, yes. New map. Thoughts on the new map. What do you think? How do you think it went with the three-day live event? So we done the event. we done the event. We thought it was Bish Bash Bosh, three parts in one evening. It was really... I don't know if it was because I'm on a really old Xbox or, or what it was. On a, on a, on a, I don't know if it's because we were all on consoles, but the, the initial part one, slow, we ended up getting into a game, got kicked out three or four times, got back into it, realised it was a Halloween event from, from last year, mm-hmm. just zombies, and then it was like, right, and then you're going into Rebirth at night. Okay, that because that, that makes sense. All right. For a whole Next day. day. <laughs> and then I, I, the thing is, they were... I remember the lads, we were all sat on there and we were going, when's part two? And I said, oh, it's tomorrow. <laughs> joking. I was completely joking, right? And everyone went, oh, no, I'm going off then. And I said, no, I'm completely joking. Then we looked on the Call of Duty website at the timelines, and it's like, part two's tomorrow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and we couldn't even play Warzone. We were out to play Rebirth I don't at know. night with everybody rose-skinned up. Oh, my God, it was terrible. But... 
I thought they brought it back. That that um, cinema shot of, of that nuke going off, I oh. had chills. We, we all had chills. It was brilliant. We've all played it for, for a long time, Verdansk. I think it's a great map, but it's a cop-out from Call of Duty at the minute because they're focusing on that. Um, they're focusing on the Cold War um, modern warfare mm. integration, trying to get two engines working together. And I just mm. don't think that the time, on top of the accusations, on top of mm. getting the... Uh, mm. Um, the um, uh, the cheat um, anti cheat in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just stalled on on the map. It's a great map. Don't get me wrong. Some really really good bits in it. Summit uh, instead of dam now. Um, every single building has had an uplift. Yeah. Uh, and even the cubby holes in Storage Town have got have got lights now because of the the rose skin. rose skins, mm-hmm. um, which now I hope aren't too much of a problem. Jay's not going to be happy. I know. Um, yeah. He's really not going to be having of road skin 24-7. Uh, do you know uh, what, though? I, I, like you said, that night when we tried to do live event, we only got three games on the whole night. We all jumped on early. We had the 20-minute server queues, which was actually 40-minute server queues before you got on. We done the one, managed to do the part one, done that, rebirth for, for a whole day. And we only got one game of that as well. But the new map, I have to say, I nothing's changed but everything's changed in a weird way and it's like i'm preferring this map there's more cover more gunfights you know what it feels like it feels like paintballing because you're sliding into one cover sliding into another cover so it has brought that fun element back to it like now when you're running across when you used to run across map you'd be getting sniped metered whatever it would be now you've got quite a lot of cover to comfortably move from building to building building to building and I love the scaffolding, the scaffolding part array. That is just brilliant. I, I love sitting up there with a sniper, pinging people <laughs> off. Ding, ding, ding. Me and Ollie played yet, uh, earlier today or yesterday. We had a proper sniping sesh. We got 16 cue, kills. Cue, cue the comments. You're going to get absolutely rinsed for pitching a tent <laughs> up there and camping, aren't you? That's, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, it's, it's good. You know, I'm, I'm glad they updated it. I think we said on the night then, the the live events aren't quite up to what Fortnite's capable of doing just no, yet. You know, not, nowhere near. I mean, they do virtual concerts. I mean, Travis Scott was doing do, doing a live gig oh, virtually. Uh, don't get me wrong. He had a character on stage, yeah, and yeah. and it went off and it was um, trending. I mean, the amount of times you click on like a Google search engine and you see the news that comes up for that mm. day, Fortnite yeah. appears a lot more than what Warzone does, and because. Uh, not so much recently. Fortnite sort of dropped off the radar. You've got big creators now coming over to Warzone. Mm-hmm. Um, Cypher, who's the sort of the for- Cypher PK, who's like the Fortnite king, has now transferred over to Nick Merckx's team, and he's a really great guy. Um, so Tim the Tapman was also um, quite um, dominant uh, within the sort of the Fortnite world, and he's over on Warzone. Mm-hmm. They don't stream anything else. It's really popular. It's high in demand. And I think it's going to stay that way for the next five to ten years. Yeah. yeah as long yeah. as they, as long as they keep, keep it going as a side piece. The only issue I see is if, um, when uh, Call of Duty is now going back to World War Two uh, in the next um, version, it's going back to Activision. So if they, if if, I'm just worried that the dance is going to now be the dance 1942, and I really yeah. don't want that. Oh. Just completely different. Um, there was a big rumour that it was going to be in the Russian mountains. Everyone was really hyped for it. 
but it never happened. Um, but for now, this map works, and I could play this map for another year. It's completely yes. different, feels different, plays yeah. different. We've noticed that it plays different, um, and I'm excited to play it. So, which I was getting, getting a bit boring. I'm really excited to go play it. So. I, I think I think it's it's got to stay with Activision though, because Cold War is a very poor game. It's, I think it's one of their worst ones they've made. This this recent Cold War. It's a different engine, different gaming engine. Different engine. Completely it different just feels basic, looks basic. Whereas the the, the Activision. Modern warfare and what they built for Warzone is crisp, clean, feels great. So, but no, it's it's, it's interesting. I like to say I hope it doesn't go back to 1942. That that would just be, you know, <laughs> we'd probably go play Fortnite or Valorant or something. I know, <laughs> but did you see Battlefield are looking to release a battle royale now because of how popular the the, the uh, Call of Duty one is? But have you played Battlefield? No. One of the best games for realism, and really? it sort of balances the realism with playability. But it's very difficult, especially when you're up against people that have been playing it a long time. It's really yeah. slow. You can't really quick scope. Um, it, it's a really slow paced game, but it is so fun. I I could sit there on Battlefield, especially Battlefield One. I remember sitting there and playing it for like six hours straight, and then not wow. even realizing what the time was. Just because it, it's a beautiful game as well. And most of their maps are ginormous. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you can have 50 v 50, like team deathmatch. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. It's like ground war, but the whole map. Beautiful. Yeah. So, what I'm going to do, I'm going to send you um, my Battlefield one in the post, obviously, because of COVID. I'll send it in the post and I'll let you play it. It's a brilliant game. Fantastic. Well, that kind of concludes this week's podcast. I want to give a quick shout out to Ivan. I uh, I sent him a message with last week's podcast. He absolutely loved it. So he's our latest subscriber. So Ivan, thank you for subscribing. We'll probably play on uh, Warzone with you later on tonight. That's it. (laughs) That's it for us guys here at 37 Rounds Podcast. We shall see you again next week. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.